ready to live the life you were made for? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be, host of this podcast, and seasoned life coach. And I am passionate about helping you experience wholehearted breakthrough and authentic life transformation. Through exploring timeless biblical principles combined with the best mental health coaching practices, I'll help you discover what emotional, spiritual, and relational well-being truly looks like. I do believe that you can uncover a life of deep purpose and lasting impact. That is the more to be life you were made for, a life aligned with God's best. The More To Be podcast is supported by our Patreon podcast community. You can become a valuable member and get access to exclusive downloadable resources, courses, and coaching at patreon.com slash more to be. On this episode of the More To Be podcast, I am joined by Caitlin Henderson, author of Faith, Farming, and Family, Cultivating Hope and Harvesting Joy Where You Are. Caitlin invites her readers to recognize God's beauty right in front of them so that they may find the courage to take the next step or the first step into his incredible calling. Caitlin is a small town girl from Kansas who fell in love with a farmer. She and her husband have three kids who keep her on her toes and clinging to coffee. Caitlin is passionate about showing people Jesus and writing about her family's life full of grace, craziness, love, dirt, and cows. The Henderson family lives on a grain and cattle farm in South Central Kansas. Welcome to the More To Be podcast, Caitlin. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so the process of getting to this place of writing this book on faith and family and farming kind of give our listeners context, like why you, why this book, why this story, help us understand. Yeah. So I talk a lot about the fact that I married a farmer and I didn't grow up on a farm, which moving to the farm was a huge transition and not one that I did gracefully, which over the years that made for some pretty crazy stories, some pretty wild stories, uh, some heartbreaking stories. But I found that as I started writing that people who didn't live on a farm were being attracted to these stories because they were kind of being sucked into this way of life that they will probably never get the chance to live. Or if they're in a heart of the city and they are hearing about me trying to feed cows for the first time by myself and having to climb on top of my husband's pickup because I was so terrified of these cows, uh, they were just loving these stories and they were feeling like they were kind of on the farm with me. But at the same time, my biggest passion is sharing the gospel and telling people about just how good God is and, and how he just changed my life and, and how real he's been to me. So I saw this opportunity to kind of combine both of those things. Mm -hmm. So I was taking these stories from the farm and pulling out the biblical lesson mm -hmm. and how I saw God in these stories so that someone reading might never have to feed the cows and they might never face that situation, but they can relate to having to face their fear. Yeah. And they can relate to finding God in their fear and, and getting the strength to face that fear. So that's really what I did. I just, I took all these stories, but I said, here's how I saw God in it. And here is the biblical lessons from inside of these stories so that people, even in the city can read along and follow along, but still walk away feeling related to and with solid, tangible, biblical advice. Mm -hmm. 
and, and you nailed it. So I started reading your book <laughs> over the weekend, and um, I I know that story you're talking about about the the cows, and I could picture you on top of the roof of the of the pickup truck, you know, and the <laughs> the whole like um, as I was reading it, the the word chutzpah, which is my you know I have Jewish heritage, my grandmother used to use that word chutzpah, like. You just kind of say, okay, my husband's sick in bed. I got to get this done. I'm scared to death. I, I'm going to be resourceful and I'm shaking. And as you described what was happening in your fear of that moment, I could relate. I, I, I could be that girl on the top of the pickup truck trying to figure out how I'm going to be the best farmer's wife while I'm scared to death trying to do yeah. this. And that tension that we feel as women to be who others think we ought to be, measuring up to that, not, not wanting to admit our fear, not wanting our fear to hold us captive. Uh, and yet, truth be told, we're scared to death, right? And so yeah, it was a very relatable story, so much so that it, it captured me so much that uh, at dinner last night, I was telling you know my family that I was interviewing you today. And I was like, and she told this story. And I retold your story at the table. And everybody was like, oh, who, really? Like they were as <laughs> engaged with it as though you had, you know, you were sitting there with us. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, yeah, this is a powerful example of how we can look at our lives and say, where is God teaching me something in this moment? And, and how does this relate to scripture? And I feel like that takes church out of Sunday and puts it into Monday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I just, I will fully admit that I used to kind of skip over those parts of my life and not share them and feel like I had to put on this face of having it all together and I'm a good Christian and I, I need to look like it. And over the years, I remember the first time I was vulnerable on social media and really opened up and how hard that was for me that I had felt like God was asking me to do that. And I just begged him, mm -hmm. do not make me be vulnerable. Do not make me open up like this. And the first time I did that, I had so many messages from women who said, I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel like God sees me. And ever since that moment, I kind of just lay it all out there. And I'm like, here's my failures. Here's, here's my faults. Here's where I struggle. Here's, you know, here's the things I'm afraid of or dealing with because I just, God is in that too. Yeah. And I think I'm not doing anyone a favor by pretending to be something I'm not and pretending that I don't struggle. Yeah. And the more I'm willing to say, here's what I'm struggling with, or here's what I'm dealing with but God's in it still. Yeah. And here's how he's helping me through it. And here's where I see his grace and his mercy in this. I think that's going to do so much more good for the people around me. Absolutely. I mean, it is, uh, it's, it's connection, right? You're saying, yeah. here's my real side. Here's your real side. Let's, let's have this conversation. And, uh, I'm reading a book by, uh, Brené Brown on, uh, shame resilience and and being mm -hmm. seen and that chapter three which I read over the weekend was very much on that vulnerability in our culture is considered weakness when actually vulnerability is a first step towards courage where we're saying this is this is where I struggle this is where I feel um, less than and and 
is this a safe enough relationship that I can be vulnerable and share this with you and not be afraid of getting hurt by you when I'm, Mm -hmm. when I'm this authentic with you? Yeah, that is amazing. So how does that look in your like day-to-day life? Like who are the people that, um, help you find courage to be vulnerable off social media? Yes. Uh, my biggest one is for sure my husband. And I don't know if you have gotten to the marriage chapter yet, but I laid it all out there that we had a really rocky start to our marriage. I was raised in the church. I grew up a Christian. He was kind of raised in the church, but his dad was killed in a car accident when my husband was 18, Mm. a week after graduating high school. And my husband is the oldest child. So at 18, he had to move home and take over the entire farm. So he had a lot of hate in his heart for God and he blamed God for his dad's death. And there was just so much hurt there. And I had kind of drifted from my faith throughout college. And when we were first married and after we had our first baby, I just went running back to Jesus full force. Mm -hmm. I knew something had to give and I was not content. And I was taking my discontentment out on my husband by picking fights because my heart was just Mm -hmm. not okay. And after years and years of praying, my husband became a Christian and he's now one of the godliest men that you'll ever meet, but he is now truly my best friend. And when people say their spouse is their best friend, now I truly mean it, but he is the one that I go to him and I'm like, God's laid this on my heart, but I don't want to talk about it. You know, I don't want to tell people about this. And he says, he always just reminds me, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for them. And you're being obedient and where God has called you. And that's hard, but you've never regretted it. Yeah. And I just, sometimes we know that in our heads, we know it in our hearts, but we need that reminder from somebody to just say, sometimes it's not about us. Sometimes we step out in obedience and we can see that it was so worth it. And I've never once regretted being obedient, even when I was scared to step out in faith, or if it was something I really didn't want to talk about, but knew that Mm -hmm. I really should. Um, So my husband is definitely my go-to person, but I also have two sisters that I'm close with Mm -hmm. that they kind of, they're more the ones that they'll kind of joke with me and kind of bring me back down to earth and really just encourage me on. So I'm, I'm so blessed to have a really strong community around me off of social media to keep me going. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a struggle for so many. You know, there are probably half of our listeners based on what I know of them are single. They don't have a spouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their spouse was the person that betrayed them rather than gave them the courage. And, Mm -hmm. you know, many come from broken families. The relationships with their siblings are not good. Uh, And in this COVID season, which who knows what season it will be by the time this airs, but in, in the COVID reality of 2020 leading into 2021, I mean, there is a lot of isolation. And so do you have any thoughts or insights of like speaking to that woman that, that she can cling to any biblical truth that like just comes right to your heart on that? Yeah. So I always love the Bible verse. It's James chapter one, verse two and three. And it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance Mm. and looking back, that's hard. 
And I realized that me sitting here just telling you how good of a family I have in the community I have, um, that that's a hard truth to sometimes believe that consider it joy when we face trials, Mm -hmm. but looking back over the things that we've been through, um, we faced about four years ago, our middle son was two at the time. He was extremely sick. No one could figure out what was wrong with him. We flew him all over the country to specialists. They thought he had leukemia. Um, you know, my husband faced, we thought we were going to lose our farm. He's the fifth generation. And in that same year that our child was sick, the bank called and said, we're taking your farm. Mm. Our marriage was in a really bad spot at that point. Um, all kind of going on at the same time, we were in the middle of a huge drought. So all of our crops were just dead and it was just, it was an awful time. And I remember walking through that thinking I'm in the wilderness and I think God forgot about me. Mm-hmm. And I came through that and I wrote about it in the book that really it was like walking through the fire, but we came out refined mm-hmm. and we came out stronger. And looking back, I realized I didn't lose my joy in that time. I, I wasn't happy, but I learned that there was a difference between feeling happiness and that true joy that comes from Christ that can't be taken from us. And looking back, it w- that verse was so true and it was so hard to see it in the middle of it. But now I can say that was so true, that James was so right when he wrote that, that the testing of our faith, it produced perseverance and every trial we have walked through since then, it has stayed the same. That verse has not failed. And so I think that if we can go to that and cling to that, knowing that we're not going to love what we're walking through all the time, Mm -hmm. we're not going to like these trials, of course not, but they will bring perseverance and we will come out stronger on the other side and refined from those fires. Yeah. Yeah. The becoming more like Christ does not Mm -hmm. mean, um, we don't get our little like halo, right. And just shine, shine you know, shine our crown, um, just because that feels good. And that's what we want. I mean, Christ suffered and we Mm -hmm. becoming like him, uh, it, it becomes part of the suffering that we go through. I mean, I struggle with it. I struggle with a mindset that is, okay, so when things are good, when's it going to go bad? When's like the, the other shoe going to drop? Like when's the mm-hmm. the wrecking ball coming through? When will the hard be here? Because especially after seasons that there's good. And then I go back to, um, heard a preacher, good night, probably a decade ago now, talk about this passage and talk about uh, perseverance in the CSB it's listed as endurance, but this idea of, um, hopomene, which is this Greek word that means to bear up under. And, and we, I painted a sign and it hangs in my kitchen, uh, of this bearing up under, and we have a choice of how we'll bear up under that we can bear up under and wrestle and, and we're going to get a dislocated shoulder, a twisted neck, you know, something uh-huh. is going to get hurt as we tighten fight against the suffering or uh, from the illustration of this pastor, we basically throw our hands up and surrender. And instead of saying, why God, we say, what God, what is it that you are trying to accomplish in me, through me, in your kingdom purposes, through this experience? rather than, oh, wow. than the fists, yeah, flailing and the raising. And 
And it, it is a different mindset. And literally when you surrender to the suffering, the pressure becomes less because you're not fighting against it uh, and you are becoming supple uh, in God's hands. And, and I just, I think about that more and more, especially the supple thing, because, uh, you know, I horseback ride and I'm learning more and more, like there's way more to riding a horse than just hopping on its back and going. You yeah. want a horse that's supple, that, that they are, are not resisting you, but that they are using their physical muscles and their ligaments and their body conformation and you are becoming in sync with them and moving together with them. And there, there's just this sinking up this, this suppleness. And yeah. I think about that with God of like, do I want to be resistant to him in the difficult times? Or do I want to be supple in his hands moving with him? Because that, that flow is going to feel better even in the middle of the suffering. Oh, that is so powerful. I love that. That's kind of, um, like what I talked about, there was one part of the book where I struggle with the same thing of when is the other shoe going to drop? Mm -hmm. And it's almost a tension when things are going good. Yeah. It's like, you can't fully enjoy it because you're just waiting and yeah. you, you're kind of saying it can only go good for so long. Something is coming. And I kind of talked about the turning point that was around that same time that I talked about when we were going through all those things. And I kind of just had this click in my head and changed my perspective from what if of all of these things, what if this goes wrong? What if, mm -hmm. what if our child does have leukemia? What if they can't figure out what's wrong with him and he dies? What if we lose the farm? What if all of these things, and still today, I struggle with this of saying this, what if in every situation almost, and I kind of stop myself now. And I just say, even if, mm -hmm. even if God is still good, yeah. even if God is still God and I can spend my life saying, what if, what if, what if, but that's just robbing my joy. Yep. And it's not, it's not keeping my family safe. It's not making me happier. It's not making me enjoy my life more, but when I catch myself, and I can say, okay, mm -hmm. even if, mm -hmm. even if all of this happens, even if nothing of this happens, God is still good. And that has changed so much for me to just catch myself and be able to mentally make that little adjustment in how I'm thinking mm -hmm. and to catch myself and stop those thoughts in their track and kind of flip the script on them. It's, it's made a huge change. Just yeah. that just that little mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. And that somebody had told me recently, uh, well, Lisa, you're mellowing, but that comes with age. And, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I kind of go back and forth on that perspective. And I think, well, yeah, there is age, right? Like you survive more things. You see God's mm -hmm. faithfulness in deeper ways. Um, but, but it's also a learning right? It's not just mm -hmm. experiential, but it is a, a developing a new habit, a new way of, of responding to the stressors and responding to the things that are out of our control, which I know you talk about in the book, this, mm -hmm. uh, you're a self-proclaimed control freak, right? Would that be a safe <laughs> yes. way to say it? And, and I appreciated the way you mentioned, like, you know, 
I'm not sure if you are a control freak on the other side of this page, but chances are you struggle yeah. with this. I agree. Yeah. I agree that that wanting to be in control and and then trusting God with what what he can be in control of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think so many times we just get weighed down by it and it's, it's things that we truly have no control over. You right. know, obviously there are things we can control, but for the most part, it's, it's burdens that we were never meant to carry yeah. and our shoulders are not big enough to carry them because we were never meant to. If I'm going to have joy, consider it all joy, right? If I'm going to have joy in this process that I cannot control, I'm going to have to increase trusting in God's abilities, but that he will be sufficient to provide for my emotional weaknesses. Oh, yes, absolutely. Right? Because it's it's a lack of trust that God can handle me. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's powerful. Right? Right? Oh, yeah. And I, like, I hate that, but that is... Because many of the messages I've heard over my lifetime is you're too much, Lisa. You're emotionally too much. Lisa, like you, you're a little dramatic. You have a little flair for this or the other thing. So I, until yesterday, did not realize this, but I live with a fear that God will see me that way. And isn't it crazy when those things in our heart that we've struggled with for so long Mm -hmm. are finally revealed to us. And we're just like, wow, I, I didn't realize that I thought that maybe even about myself or even about God. Right. Uh, But it's so true. And I, I heard, I don't remember who it was. Somebody say, you know, God likes you too. I know he doesn't love you, but he likes you. Yeah. And that was like shocking for me. And I, I didn't realize that that statement would hit me so hard, but it was like, he does. I mean, I know he loves me, but he likes me too. And I think sometimes we struggle with things like that and we don't even know it until it hits us like a ton of bricks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And be the one that supports me when I think that maybe he's not enough, which. Yeah. And I think it's so crazy that when we kind of walk through something like that or have a situation where it's all God, like the yeah. control is out of our hands and we have to trust him when that's like, okay, well, no other options are left trusting you, God. And then he comes through, even, even if the situation doesn't turn out how we would have liked, but knowing that he got us through it, yeah. it's just like, wow, yeah. he did it. He did it. And, you know, and I don't know why we act surprised, but you know, it's like either way a situation goes, he did it. I know. He he got us through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I'm looking at the time realizing, oh goodness, we've got to wrap up our, our conversation. Oh, that was so quick. I know it happened so quick. So um, what's like a, a, a one more story from the book that you feel like a God lesson that really would resonate with our, our listeners that you want them to go pick up this book and, and read the whole thing, but you're going to just kind of give us a tease of it. Okay. It's the last chapter and I don't want to give away too much of it or, you know, a spoiler, but the last chapter, I told the story of how this book came to be and it comes down to every single one of us has a story. 
that every single one of us was put here for a purpose. And it breaks my heart when people don't believe Mm -hmm. that God put them here for a reason, or they think their story is too much or not enough, or they have so many reasons why they think that God can't use them. Mm. And in that chapter, I just, I just encourage the heck out of them. But the story of how the book came to be is absolutely insane. It was six years ago. Wow. God told me you're going to be an author. I, w- I hated English in high school. I had just quit my job to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I had really been wrestling, thinking God was calling me to something. And about 10 o'clock one night, I picked up my phone and I called my dad because he was an elder at our church and he's just very wise. And I said, dad, I think God's telling me I'm going to be an author, but that's not right. Like that's so wrong. I don't like writing. And he said, we'll start small and take the first step. And why don't you start a blog? And the next day I started a blog Wow! and six years later, here we are. But I, I tell the full story in that chapter and it's just, we cry every time we talk about it. Cause I just say, dad, what if you would have said, that's a crazy dream or, you know? And so, yeah, That's that's awesome. Probably my favorite story. That is awesome. Oh, what I love about that is the 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 example of a godly father, right? Yeah. Who was there for you and who said, Yeah, take your step of faith and the wisdom of saying start small. That is awesome, right? Yeah. 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 And, and here we are. <laughs> here, here we are. And you're a submitted heart to it, right? You could have yeah. had a different response, just as much as dad could have had a different response. Yeah. You've been like, no, dad, you know. I don't really believe you. I don't trust you. I don't think that yeah. will work. And then you would have missed a blessing yep. that God had in store for you and a blessing that he's going to use in so many people's lives. So tell everyone um, where they could find you and where they can find your book. Okay. So I am on Facebook and Instagram at faith farming and family, uh, faith farming and is my website. And then obviously the title of the book and the book is available everywhere books are sold amazon target barnes and noble um so yeah that's how to find me i'm pretty consistent across the board that's awesome i'm so glad that people can find you and you can find all the details from this in our show notes uh, of course so caitlin would you be willing to close us in prayer today absolutely god i thank you so much for this conversation with lisa and just the encouragement and the wisdom and how you're using her to touch people's lives. God, I just thank you. And I I thank you for every person listening to this, that you would encourage them and make yourself real to them and just continue to pour into their lives. Father, we thank you so much for this day and for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Caitlin, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the More To Be podcast. I pray you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. I would love to support you in this growth process as a valuable podcast community member. You can become one at patreon.com slash more to be. You will get access to exclusive downloadable resources, courses, and coaching. May you continue to pursue the life you are made for, a life that is truly aligned with God's best.